things that God's doing as we start this new year. That perspectives class, if you really wanna know God's heart, God's word, God's vision, what God's doing around the world right now, there's not a better class. And classes are an important part here as we walk with Jesus together to go deep, to focus on one particular area. And why not tomorrow night, 5.30, you get a free dinner, right? So 5.30 free dinner, and then stick around, check it out, pray about it. Do you wanna keep going or not? But take that step, see what God does. That starts tomorrow night. Today, we have membership uh, last hour and this hour, and I'm highlighting it because it's a shift. We've been doing it online for a while. Now we're gonna do it here. And there's a new room. It's room 122. And as you leave the worship center, head to the west exit, just basically straight out that exit, before you leave, just to your right, there's a new room. Now, can we give it up for our leadership, Joel Hess, facilities team, volunteers from our church who have been working to put that together. Check out that new room because we're going to be offering a lot of things in there. And we also thank God that every month we're seeing so many people joining our church family. This is a church family of all nations, generations, ethnicities, backgrounds, situations. We're coming together. We're following Jesus together. And uh, let's give it up again for everyone that's joining the family. It's exciting. It really is who God is bringing right now. We today have, uh, as we start the new year, an opportunity to nominate new elders. Elders lead our church. They're not paid. They're serving. They're volunteers. And we choose them. We pray for them. We vote. And you can go through that process of nominating someone, but here's the key. Don't just write down a name. Actually talk to that person, and they'll pray about it. And then if they say, yeah, I want to explore that, then you fill out the nomination, and then the prayerful process starts. Today, we also have our elders, as we do this once a month, at front after this message, and to pray with you and pray for you. And it comes right out of the Bible, James chapter 5, where God says, have the elders available for prayer. Who needs healing? Who needs prayer? Then let's pray and let's seek God together. So that's available today. I encourage you, don't be shy. Don't be timid when it comes to prayer. God hears prayer. God moves through prayer. And it's really, there's no shame in coming forward for prayer. It's a great thing to come forward and to see what God will do as we pray together. We are in a series called Holy Moments, celebrating how God intervenes, how God moves in our lives and recognizing his presence, becoming more aware of how God is moving, listening to him. And today, the question is, why fasting? Maybe you're wondering that. You've heard that today we start for the next three weeks a time of fasting. And we've been doing this, this is the eighth year, and the 21 days come right from the book of Daniel. And you might be thinking, why fasting? I mean, food is good. I like food. Why would God say take a break from some food? What's the point with fasting? That's the topic we really wanna dive into today. We're in Daniel chapter 10. So if you brought a Bible, you can turn there, find it on your phone, Daniel chapter 10. It's our joy to get into God's word and to listen to him. And I just gave a Bible away to someone who needs a Bible. Let us know if you don't have a Bible because uh, we're a church that believes God and trusts him and his word. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the many ways that you're moving and speaking, and healing, and saving, and rescuing, and we thank you and give you the glory. And God, I pray, as we gather together today, each of us knows a battle, and we're in different battles. And you know these battles, and we declare our confidence in you that the battle belongs to you. God, I pray you'd give your vision, encouragement, and strength today, And I pray, God, in the middle of those battles that we would grow deeper with you 
and that Jesus, you would be glorified. We wanna become more like you. And we pray this in your name, Lord, amen. What does God say about fasting? And why is it so significant as you look throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, you see fasting highlighted. What is it about fasting that transforms our lives? There's lots of important questions when you approach the topic of fasting. The word to fast means to cover the mouth. And that's because fasting in the Bible is primarily related to food. It could be missing a meal. It could be for days. It could be a certain type of food. But the primary emphasis in the Bible is to not eat and to seek God. That fasting is significant in our lives. Now, there's a lot of other fasts in the Bible. In marriage, a husband and wife fast from physical intimacy so they can be more devoted to prayer for a certain time. That fast doesn't get as much attention, but it's in the Bible. There's a lot of fasting in the Bible. And the primary one is food. Again, we all like food. We enjoy food. Food's good. It's a gift from the Lord. Why would we forego food Why would we say no to certain foods or to food at certain meals? What is the purpose of fasting? And we say no to something and we say yes to a greater gain spiritually. Now, the world has become tuned in that fasting has value. If you're both your mind and your body and intermittent fasting is right now very popular and there's some benefits of that. But the primary goal of fasting is not a physical detoxification or it's not a mind sharpening. The primary emphasis is gaining spiritual depth and closeness, experiencing God. And that's the greater gain. Yes, it is a sacrifice, but there's a greater gain to it. Jesus said these three words, which are so important. And this is the Sermon on the Mount, his most well-known message. He said the words, when you fast. When you fast, he also said, when you pray, and he said, when you give. Fasting, praying, and giving, essential parts and rhythms in our walk with God. And what does that look like to fast? In Isaiah, we covered last week the difference between true fasting and false fasting. Today, we're in Daniel chapter 10. Daniel is inspiring, and we see how fasting is an important part of him thriving spiritually. Daniel chapter 10 And when you read the Bible, always notice the context, study the context. We're going to start with the context as we begin in verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. The context is Cyrus, and he's the king of Persia. There are different kingdoms, and chronologically, there was the Babylonians, and then the Medes and Persians, then the Greeks, and then the Romans. There's a transfer of leadership as the Persians take over from the Babylonians. They were in charge, but in 539 B.C., here comes the Persians. This is three years later, so 536 B.C., and Cyprus has different policies than Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. In fact, Cyprus opens the door because the Israelites have been in exile. It's been cruel. It's been long. They've been in Babylon. They've been mistreated. But now Cyprus says you can return to the homeland. And there's a new season, a new opportunity. And maybe you feel that in your life. New doors have been opened and you're trying to sort through what is the next step. Now, when you're reading the Bible, pay attention to details. And you notice here, it says Daniel also called Belshazzar. 
you could fly by that and just think, well, Belshazzar is another name for Daniel. But there's a whole lot in that other name. You see, Daniel loves God and he was taken into exile in Babylon. And there was a change of location, change of clothes, change of lots of circumstances in his life. And that's one level. But on a much deeper level, they tried to indoctrinate Daniel and they tried to take away and they tried to undermine his character, his faith, his integrity, and even his name and his identity. You see, the name Daniel means God is my judge and he worshiped the Lord. But they gave him a new name, Belshazzar, and that name means Bel, this false God, is my protector. And they tried to take away his faith, indoctrination. You see, it's not just Babylon today. People want you to be confused about your identity and how much God loves you. And they want to take away your faith and your integrity and your identity. And you've got to be secure in the Lord to walk through that just like Daniel. He went through a lot. That name change is just one microcosm of all the oppression and the hardship that he experienced in exile, in some of the persecution, and it tested him to the core. Maybe you've been more tested to the core than you ever have before. And you're thinking through, do I really follow God, believe his word? Am I secure in my identity as a daughter and son? Do I trust and believe the way God made me is good? Am I following him that all things work together for the good of those who are called and loved by God? And you're wrestling with those things, the same thing Daniel was wrestling through. Our culture has become more hostile and there's more opposition and you really need to know who you are in the Lord. Here's the good news. For Daniel, as the challenges increase, the glory of God increases in his life. And if you have this misnomer, this false perception that the glory of God is always gonna be greatest when life is most comfortable, you might be very, very surprised because throughout scripture, God is frequently most glorified and evident when the situations in life are the most challenging. And God does his greatest work in the darkest times. And Daniel is listening, he's abiding, he's trusting God. Even though this door has opened, he's praying about it. In fact, for a couple years now, the Israelites are returning from exile and the crowd is all going one direction. But Daniel doesn't move. Daniel's still there. Why? God hasn't released him. God hasn't led him to go that direction. In fact, he's called to be in Babylon. He has duties and responsibilities and a role and he's gonna thrive in Babylon and God has not led him out. Just because a door opens and some people are getting excited and friends are talking about it, don't just run ahead with the crowd. You listen to God. And if God calls you to stay and bring your fruit and light of the Lord in that place, then that's what you do. Daniel's listening. Daniel's trusting God. Daniel's making a difference in Babylon. And what does he do in this time of transition? When there's lots of things shifting and moving and people are going, communities changing, new opportunities, what does he do? Challenges in Babylon, he starts by fasting and praying. Start by fasting and praying. It's easy to overfocus on circumstances, talk about them, complain about them, but you know where it really starts? Upward with God and internal with you, seeking God, fasting and praying for 21 days. You might be wondering, how do we get 21 days of this fasting every January? Like, isn't that a little long? Well, this is the passage that, you know, leads us to the 21 days. Daniel is praying and fasting for 21 days. And the solution, the go-to, I mean, how many times do you hear people when the challenges increase, 
say to you, I need to start fasting. I need to start fasting and praying because the challenges are getting intense. You just don't hear that often. But, but that's a biblical response. Daniel is gonna seek God through prayer and through fasting. And is fasting specific? No choice foods, no meat, no wine, and no lotions. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just want an easy fast. I mean, fasting kind of stretches us, right? Like, I think I'll do the lotion fast for the next 21 days. I'm just not gonna take any lotions. My hands might get dry, but I'm just gonna do that for the Lord, 21 days. You know, if you're new to fasting, don't just leave here today and say, that's it, I'm only having juice for 21 days. You know, Check out with your doctor, make sure physically you're not putting yourself in danger. It's like if you're gonna bench press, you don't just walk into the gym, you haven't bench pressed in five years and you're like, throw on a bunch of plates, I'm going for it. You know? You're know, you gonna kind of build up to it and this is a habit that you wanna cultivate, a spiritual habit and fasting, you wanna think through, is it gonna be meals? Is it, maybe it is days, maybe it's a certain type of food, but what type? You know, here he's gonna fast from wine, uh, W-I-N-E, and that's, you see where this is going, don't you? Because it's probably a lot easier to fast from W-I-N-E than it is to fast from W-H-I-N-E. Well, now I'm meddling, now I'm meddling, but some fasting from whining might just work. But foods, meat, certain types of foods, choose what's gonna help your walk with God. Because the relationship is more important than the ritual. The ritual is solid and significant, but it leads to what's primary is the relationship. When someone's baptized, and we thank God for all the people that are getting baptized right now, it's a wonderful ritual. God's given it to us from scripture. It's blessed. But the actual water and going in the water, that's, that's secondary. It's about the person's relationship with God and walking with God and knowing God. It's the same with fasting. We're not doing this just to check a few boxes and say, whew, I made it through 21 days. Yeah, I didn't eat that food. That's not the accomplishment. The whole purpose of fasting is the closeness with God. When you read the Bible, the purpose isn't just to get more intellectual. I can't tell you how many Christians, it's like their spiritual life, they think the goal is just intellect and knowledge. It's great to have intellect and knowledge. It's great to know the scripture. But yet the real purpose of scripture, that's not the end goal. It's so closeness with Jesus happens. You see, Jesus said to the ones who knew the scripture, you study the scripture, but you refuse to come to me. And so it's closeness. It's the relationship and the ritual is a vehicle and instrument in a way to strengthen the relationship. And here's the heart of fasting, Psalm 27, verse eight. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Not just your hand of blessing in what you could do for me, but I am gonna seek your face for the next 21 days. That's why I'm fasting. That's my focus. That's what Daniel's doing. That's his heart. Let's embrace that as well. And then also in the context, we see in verse four, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysolite, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and they hid themselves. So I was left alone gazing at this great vision, 
I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking. And as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. A holy moment. God intervenes. God communicates with us. God pursues us. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, God rewards those who earnestly seek him. And rewards, there's limitless ways. God can reward you with encouragement, with peace. God can reward you with new friendships, a new job. It could be financial. It could be health. It could be revelation, understanding. When you seek God, he blesses. And in this particular instance, I believe he sent an angel to Daniel. There are some people who love the Lord and they honor his word. They sincerely think this is the pre-incarnate Christ who shows up. And the reason is because it's so similar in Revelation chapter one, verses 13 to 16, there's a similar description to Jesus. But in this instance, I think this is a messenger. What we see here, Gabriel and Michael are two archangels. Gabriel is in chapter eight. My guess is that this is Gabriel as well showing up. And what you see is a battle between this messenger, this angel and a demon. And you see a wrestling that's happening there. Again, my conclusion is that this is an angel. And Daniel in this moment says, and he's honest, I have no strength. Have you felt like that in the last week? There've been moments where it's just like, I just don't know if I have the strength to keep going. He was pale, felt helpless, also asleep. God moves when people are asleep. Adam was asleep and what did God do? He created Eve while Adam was asleep. Abraham was asleep. What did God do? Revealed what's coming. Some of the challenges also revealed. Genesis 15, the blessings that are coming while he was asleep. You see, the Bible says, while we take a nap, the kingdom of God just keeps growing around the world. And what does it remind us? That we're not at the center. It's not all dependent on us. And it's gonna be God's power. God's power is gonna work in our weakness. I can't tell you, including this series, how many times God's just woke me up at two, about two in the morning usually, sometimes three, sometimes one. And he'll just like, give me like, this is what I want you to say. And I just write it down. Or this is an insight on a situation. I just write it down. And it wasn't like I was analyzing and thinking and effort. It was just like, I just woke up and it was, clear and I just wrote it down. You have moments like that where God works through you and you know this isn't something strength you mustered up or God just spoke to you. He's leading you. He's giving you vision, direction. He's giving you wisdom and insights and receive it from the Lord just like Daniel receives it from the Lord. And in fact, the holy moments in our lives, sometimes falsely, we think it's when we're just, you know, strong and vibrant and just well, actually, the holy moments in our lives often come in our weakness, in our need, in our valley of the shadow of death, in our times of despair, in our times when we feel all alone and so lonely, we wonder if anyone out there really knows us and cares. And then God shows up in those holy moments and you don't forget that and you know the goodness of God and that propels you then to move on to mountaintops that God then guides you towards. You see, our God will meet you in all different seasons and he's here breaking through into Daniel's life. And we thank God for moments like that. And I think that fuels Daniel to fast and pray. Maybe you're wondering today, why fasting? Why fasting? We're gonna highlight three reasons. The first reason is the condition of your soul. It's a reason to fast, the condition of your soul. We have a physical body, it's temporary. You also have a soul and you are an eternal being. How's your soul doing? 
I'm not how's your job, how's your finances, I'm not asking how's your marriage, I'm not asking how's your singleness, how's your soul? Fasting is good for the soul. And then we see in verse 10, a hand touched me and sent me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. What did Daniel do? First, he humbled himself. You know, you can fast, but not humble yourself. I don't recommend it. It's kind of gonna be a waste of time. But if you humble yourself and fast, it's gonna be transformative. Daniel humbled himself, it was intentional, and he fasted. You take that humble spot in your heart. Second, Daniel prayed. There's different ways to express prayer. Here's five. One is adoration, praising God for who he is. The next is confession. Confess our sins, get right with God. The next is thanksgiving. The next is supplication, asking God for things. And the fifth one is listening. All five are important parts of prayer. And I was talking to someone that said over the next three weeks, their first week is gonna focus on confession, the second week on thanksgiving, and the third week on supplication and asking. As you enter into fasting, enter into prayer. As you fast and have less food, have a lot more of some other things. Prayer is one of those. To be honest, like the fasting and the food part, I'm kind of mixed, I'm gonna do it. I I think like by faith, I'm gonna do it. But the part for the next three weeks that I'm more excited about is increasing my times in prayer. I've just sensed that I need to do that right now. And that's what I wanna enter into. So you bolster some things in your spiritual life. The other one is the word. And Daniel is someone who's listening to God. The word is strong in his life. And with that, there's five ways as you consider God's word. One, you can listen to it. Maybe you don't like reading as much as some other people, but on your app, you can just listen to the word. Binge on the word. We binge on shows, binge on the word. And then the next, you can start to read it. And the next, you can study it. That's going a little deeper, getting commentaries out, study Bible. You might wanna look at original languages. And then the next one is meditate. Meditate is when you take one verse and you chew on it and you marinate and you go, just as you go over it again and again, it drops from your head to your heart. And God said to Joshua, you meditate on the word day and night and you're gonna see victories. You're gonna see victories in your mind. You're gonna see victories in your relationships. You're gonna see victories in the battles because why? You got your mind set on the word. You're meditating on God's word. You're full. And then also memorize. Jesus memorized scripture. When he was tempted, he quoted scripture. Why? Because he memorized it. It's a sword. He was ready. Times of temptation. You quote that scripture. Watch what happens when you quote scripture when you're tempted, right? So there's a lot of ways to enter into God's word. Let the word of God dwell in you richly and then take these next three weeks to open it up with prayer, open it up with scripture and grow in some areas. You know, when we talk about being on fire for God, that's kind of the second part. You know what the first part is? It's getting filled up. That's when you get on fire for God, when you're full of his word and full of the spirit and full of his encouragement and full of his love and you're receiving and you get filled up, you get filled up with God's word. You know what happens when you get filled up the spirit? The fruit starts to come. That's when the love and the joy and the peace come. That's when you get on fire for God, you get filled up during this time. So less food, 
but gaining spiritually. Daniel's someone who thrives in Babylon. Note it because the culture brings a lot of opposition, a lot of difficulty, a lot of ungodliness in Babylon, and yet Daniel thrives. I kind of wonder how many of us would thrive in Babylon. If we were transported into that setting, how many of us would thrive? What would be your plan to thrive? You know what? It's a whole bunch in Babylon of stuff Daniel didn't want. A whole bunch of stuff. Do you know how you find out who someone really is? You watch them when they don't get what they want. That's how you know really what's going on. Because when people get what they want and they like things and they like circumstances, they seem a certain way, they can talk real spiritual, they can say the right answers, but the test, the clear glimpse of someone's character and faith is when they don't get what they want. And that's when you see who people really are and what they really trust. And Daniel had that everywhere in his life. Daniel did not get selfish. He did not get full of resentment. He did not have bitterness. He did not act like he was entitled. He was not harsh. He did not complain. He had all the excuses that he could have justified that, but that's not how he did life. And I have this picture and it's a situation I was in recently where it was full of people, including myself, who we didn't get what we wanted. And the setting was an airplane and we were returning from vacation. This is Christmas and we were supposed to fly back and we waited on the runway for about an hour and then after an hour, snow started to come. Instead of taking off and being gone and back here in Seattle, we were just sitting there and we sat there long enough that the snow started to come and the snow got thicker And then after about an hour and a half, the captain, uh, one of the crew said, you know what, we're going to need to de-ice and this is actually going to take a while. And we're not sure if the weather's going to get any better. So this might take a long time. Well, we waited there for hours and then eventually they sent us back in to the gate and then we waited for more hours And then eventually they canceled the flight and we didn't fly back for three more days. So you can imagine as I'm looking at my app and and they're not moving anywhere and I'm looking at the weather, I'm like, this isn't gonna get any better all day long. Ever been on a plane where there's delays? Heard any complaining, any grumbling, any unhappy people? Sure are everywhere, right? You could just hear the clamor and the crowds and the complaining and the murmur and it's like it's picking up. And I noticing that there's a woman there, a mom, she's alone with her child. And by this point, the baby is screaming. You been next to any screaming babies on an airplane when you're already in a grumpy mood? And what happens next? The flight attendant sees what's going on. She walks over to the mom and says, can I hold your baby? And starts walking up and down the aisle and calms the baby and walking back and forth, just taking care of this woman's baby who's so relieved. If you're ever overwhelmed by your kids and someone comes in to say, can I help out? You're just like, are you an angel or who are you? You know. And she just takes care of the baby. And she so stood out to me that I took this quick picture right here. And while everyone else is complaining, what is she doing? She's looking around thinking, who can I serve? 
in Babylon, when it's not what Daniel wants, he's looking around saying, who can I serve? And you say, well, of course that woman is. She's paid for that. She's a flight attendant. She's representing Alaska Airlines. That's what she does. And I'll tell you that yes, she represents Alaska Airlines, but you represent the Lord Jesus Christ. You represent far above Alaska Airlines. You represent a Lord Jesus. And I'll tell you, when you don't get what you want, people are gonna watch you closer than ever. They're watching, they're seeing who you are, they're noticing, and that's your opportunity with the whole plane watching to go, I follow Jesus. Whether that's just in your heart you say that and you look around to see who you can serve in a situation where everyone's going the direction of complaining, you make a difference and shine the light of the Lord. That's what Daniel did. He was fasting and praying. And he was over 80 years old at this point. He was over 80. He had overcome a lot. He had seen God's miracles. I mean, he could have been kicking it back, complacent, cruise control, just sitting around talking again about how he was thrown into the lion's den. The lions were gonna devour him. God turned it around. The lions turned into pillows. That's our God. You know, he, he was preaching that sermon about every week. And he could have just been celebrating the past, but instead, you know what? He was hungry in the moment. He had seen God do a lot. He was in his 80s and he's hungry for God. When you're hungry for God, you fast. When you're hungry for God, you pray. Because you know when you fast and pray, you're gonna get more of God. You make room for God. You're seeking God. You want God. Daniel was hungry for God in his 80s. May we all be like that. You see, fasting and praying, David Platt says it this way. One day, all of our praying and all of our fasting in pursuit of God will culminate in the goal of our salvation. Everlasting, uninterrupted, uninhibited, unimaginable, indescribable, all-satisfying communion with God. The condition of your soul, you are made to be close with God. And when you're close with God, you have contentment and you have courage. And your soul is more important than anything else. Anything else, it's your soul. So we fast and pray because we want the condition of our souls. We want closeness with God. And then the second reason we fasting is the cultural moment. Notice in the same chapter in verse 13, we read, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now, I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. And in verse 20, so he said, do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. Daniel's asked for wisdom. God will grant you wisdom when you ask for wisdom. James 1, 5. You seek wisdom, he's generous, he's gonna give it to you. Ask God for understanding, ask God for revelation. God is revealing things to Daniel. I believe that God reveals to us and when we're faithful and teachable, God reveals more. Daniel is faithful, God's gonna reveal more. Why does God reveal things that are coming up? Because he wants us to be ready. He wants us to walk by faith, even if things get more difficult. And the reality of this vision is that yes, there's a prince of Persia, And that's a phrase that means a demon governing that area around Persia. 
It's a fascinating deep dive. We don't have time for it here, but in Satan's demons, there are geographical demons, there's organization, there's territories, and there's battles that happen in different locations. And that just kind of blows our minds because we tend to think everything's physical and material and what I see. But the reality is there's demons in the invisible realm, even right here in America, in Persia, and then it's revealed the prince of Greece. This next battle is coming with this demon in this region with Greece. Well, Daniel's taking this in that the battles, there's more of them coming. See, you might've felt like 2022, whew, I'm just glad to make it through that year. I mean, I thank God, but I'm glad it's in the rearview mirror because there were some battles. What if the battles get more intense in 2023? What if things are easy looking back compared to what's coming? Are you ready? See, it's a readiness with the revelation that God is encouraging. And you know, when you think about how God delivered them from bondage and slavery in Israel, and then he helped them through the promised land, even though they, towards the promised land through the wilderness, even though they stumbled in the wilderness and weren't faithful, God was still faithful. And then they go into the promised land. Does it get easier in the promised land? No, it doesn't. There's 31 kings that just want to take them down. When God moves you to the next level, don't just think it's going to be easier at the next level. The promised land, just because God promised it and he's going to be faithful, it doesn't mean it's getting easier. It's actually going to intensify in the conflict. And I don't say that to scare you because you can still trust God. The Holy Spirit in you is greater than the one in the world. The battle is the Lord's. Jesus has already defeated the devil. You can even cast out demons in Jesus' name. You don't have to have any fear, but it's a reality check because sometimes I think we assume that, okay, now that I made it through this test, the next level is gonna be easier. And I'm telling you, when you really start to disciple people, it's not necessarily gonna get easier. When you start to reach more and more people and you start to lead more people to Jesus, it's not necessarily gonna get easier. When you start to bless the nations in new ways, it's not necessarily gonna get easier. So don't be complacent. And for Daniel in his 80s, this is a reminder that there are multiple levels, multiple levels. There's Daniel's heart and his faith. Then there's the nations, what's happening between Babylon, Persia, the Israelites. And then there's the spiritual realm with angels and demons wrestling and battling for 21 days. We had a windstorm this week. And on one level, I could hear branches and pine cones hitting the top of our house. And it was like an hour in the middle of the night. And it woke me up and I usually sleep very sound. So I was listening to one branch after another hitting the top of our house and then also hearing trees fall in the distance. And I looked out from there and noticed the trees all around our house were surrounded by trees are swaying at angles that I don't recommend. And, <laughs> and what that started to do in my own heart was stir up you know, a temptation to bring anxiety and fear and just wonder if the kids are gonna get crushed, right? So all that's happening on many levels at the same time. And there's things that happen at the same time in your heart, they manifest physically, and there's real tangible things that are happening and there's the spiritual realm as well. I'll throw a little levity on this. About a mile away from our house, someone has a rooster. And this rooster, I'm so glad they live a mile away. I'm so glad they're not on our block because when I walk by, you just hear, 
And I think, can you imagine being the neighbor and every morning at two, can you block that out of your head? Because I know the Bible says love your neighbor and I'm just not sure if getting a rooster, if that's sin or gray or how that fits in or if there's any demonic influence around that decision, I, I just don't know. Nothing wrong with roosters, but I just don't know. Uh, some people go to the extreme and say there's a devil behind every bush. Don't be one of those people. Other people are kind of naive and they just say, well, all there is is what we see. That's all there is. It's just what we see. It's tangible stuff. And I'm like, no, there's a whole lot more. There's good and evil, angels and demons. There's a battle in Babylon and there's a battle in America right now. Right now in the invisible realm. Ephesians chapter six, verse 12 says it this way, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Daniel continued to fast and pray for 21 days. During the 21 days, angels and demons were wrestling and it was all happening together. Did Daniel understand everything? No, he didn't. Do we understand everything about the next 21 days? No, we really don't. Do we see and know everything? No, we don't. Is there an invisible realm? Yes, there is. And what did Daniel decide to do? To choose, to pray and fast and commit. Why? Because he probably had a sense of the cultural moment. And there was a sense of urgency that a lot is on the line. These are defining moments right now. I'm not gonna sit back. God empowers us. I'm gonna step up. I'm gonna speak up. I'm gonna pray and fast because the demonic has always tried to oppose godly people, plans, and purposes. And he will always try to steal, kill, and destroy and take it out. So we stand strong in God's armor. We fast, we pray, we trust God. And overall in the Bible where you see fasting, There's the battle and there's the breakthrough. There's the battle and there's the breakthrough. What's your battle right now? You know your battle with temptation, relationships. You know the battle that's going on with your emotions in mind. You know the battle in your faith and the breakthrough as we seek God together, community together. It leads to the last part of this this chapter, verse 15. And one more reason, we've got the condition of our souls We got the cultural moment and also the calling of God. Verse 15, while he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face towards the ground and I was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I am helpless. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, O man, highly esteemed, he said. Peace, be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And I said, speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. A holy moment. What happens when God intervenes? God transforms fear into peace. Weakness into strength, his strength. Despair into joy. Confusion into clarity. Pain fuels a new purpose. Laziness turns into a passion. The hurts that we have, we experience God's healing. And God brings affirmation. Oh, you man, highly esteemed. Oh, you woman, highly esteemed. God thinks so highly of you. God values you. He cares about you. You're his sons and daughters. You're highly esteemed. 
Don't forget that. And then his presence, his restoration, and his touch. One touch from God can change everything. The woman who had the issue of bleeding went to doctors, spent her money. She kept getting worse. She knew if I just touched Jesus, one touch from Jesus can change everything. God's touch is like no other touch. I'm asking you, what is your plan for the next 21 days with prayer and fasting? What do you want it to look like? What do you want your relationship to God to look like as we start this new year? Dream a little. Hope come back again. What could it be with you and God? There's a calling on your life and calling might sound ambiguous and broad. This is what I'm saying. For Daniel and for us, there were things to say and there were things to do. God in 2023 has some things for you to say and some things for you to do. What about things to say? There was an event this week that caught our national attention and was stirring, shocking, stunning, chilling. It was during a football game. And it was during the Bills in Monday night. I was on a treadmill watching this. And DeMar Hamlin had cardiac arrest. And he was dying. CPR came out, emergency. And the Bills, the players, I mean, they see guys all the time get injured, concussions, like fractures. But the players were bawling. And it's because their teammate, and the other team was too, was, was dying right there on the field after a tackle. And what happened is the players gathered around for prayer. On the Bills, there's a lot of people who love Jesus. They have a chaplain, their coach, a lot of their players. They gathered for prayer and they were praying. And the announcers who were covering the game, they were just talking about prayer, 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 prayer. You don't usually see an hour of talking about prayer during a sports game, folks. And it was prayer, prayer, prayer. You know what happened yesterday in the NFL? The Jaguars and the Titans played a game. You know what they did before they played? They all gathered in the middle of the field and they prayed together. You know what's been happening on secular stations? That Christians are emerging. I didn't even know how many Christians there were in the sports world, athletes and people in the media. And they're talking about faith and prayer and God and Jesus. And they're sharing about him. They're praying. This is happening on secular live television. They're saying, let's stop and pray and and praying right there. I, I mean, what's happening right now, it's kind of like there's an awakening in the sports world where we need to pray for DeMar because he's still in critical condition. He's had a lot of recovery this week, but he's still in critical condition. So pray for DeMar. Also notice that people are finding their voice in that space. They're finding their voice and they're more courageous than they've ever been before. And a tragedy has been a catalyst, but they're finding their voice and Christians are starting to speak about what the hope we have in Jesus and they're pointing people to prayer, and they're bold. And I say, imagine if it just didn't happen in the sports world right now, but if that happened in the business world, if that happened in communities. You see, there's no reason for us to stay silent anymore. As God leads you, give glory to God and point people to hope that's found in Jesus. God has some things for you to say, Daniel, and God has some things for you, for you to say. In 2023, God is calling you and God is calling you with some things to do. And for our church, one thing that God has called us to do the last five years is help bring clean water to kids around the world. And we partnered with World Vision and Team World Vision is you know, running a half marathon and we celebrate what God has done. There's been over $230,000 that's been given 
now from our church family. And there's over 4,700 kids that now have clean water for the rest of their lives. And we're excited to, you know, run again. Not everyone's going to run. I ran once, you know, I thought that was going to be enough. I tore my Achilles about a year ago. I'm thinking about maybe running this year. Uh, But, you know, maybe that doesn't have your name on it, run half marathon. But what is God calling you to do to bless, to do, to bless your neighborhood, your community, Locally, globally, what is God calling you to do? You see, the point of prayer and fasting is to listen to God. What is he calling me to say? What is he calling me to do? And then let's do that together in 2023. Uh, Why are we fasting? The condition of our souls, the cultural moment, the calling that God has in our lives to say something and to do something.